Hey there, believers. I wanted to invite you to check out BraxtonWV.org forward slash bump to see what West Virginia has to offer. Whether you're just passing through the mountain state or if you're looking for high strangeness and adventure, home of the Flatwoods Monster Sighting and the museum, there's plenty of fun to be had. There are links to get info on Braxy, Bigfoot, UFOs, and even ghost tours. If you want outdoor adventure, click the link to the lakes and rivers and camping. Or if you're looking for a nice, relaxing, unhaunted night's sleep, you don't have to stay at the Elk Hostel. Check in at the Elk River Hotel and Cafe, or even at the Days Inn and Suites. Whatever you're looking for, find it on BraxtonWV.org forward slash bump, that's B-U-M-P, and center yourself here. Hey there, believers. i got a great episode for you today. I'm bringing back a very popular guest from uh, season three. Um, it's Travis. He has a, uh, a huge account on social media of Giants of Ancient America. Um, we're going to bring Travis back home. We're going to dig back into Giants again. Uh, talk about some of his favorite accounts, some of his research that he's done. Uh, if you want to hear the first episode that he was on, I had him on season three, episode 20. It was back in May of last year. It's been almost a full year. Um, insanely popular episode. Uh, had a huge response to it. Uh, thousands, thousands of downloads for that episode. Um, because we're all interested in this, right? Um, who are the giants? What, where they come from? Uh, are they, you know, a, a giant race of Native Americans here? Were they, uh, is it biblical? Uh, it, or did they all just have a, a some kind of genetic disorder? A gigantism or... Were they possibly descendants of, uh, you know, the Nephilim or a, a giant race, a biblical race? So there's tons of those questions, and Travis has always done a great job of, you know, digging through all that stuff, and he's very open to share his research with us here. So I'm excited about that. Um, if you want to hear some more of Travis's uh, interviews, he was on Blurry Creatures, I think. I think at the very beginning of their show, like episodes five and six or something like that. So um, I think everybody at this point listens to Blurry Creatures. So just dig through their old content and you can find Travis there. Um, again, his Instagram is Giants of, Giants of Ancient America. So go check that out after you listen to this show. All right, let's go ahead and bring Travis on. I'm super excited to go ahead and get started. All right. Did you get the notification? All right. Yep. Travis, thank you so much for coming back on the show. I love talking about giants and I think you love giants. So it's a, yes. Uh, yeah. It's good to be back. Um, I always enjoy, I, well, I say I always, I've only been on your show once, but it was, it was a blessing and an honor to be on your show. And I, I really enjoyed it and I always look back on it as a, a good time. Well, thank you. So, I, I appreciate that. And you you were on Blurry Creatures too, right? Like in the early days? I was, yeah. Episode five and six. Yeah. yeah. I they, love those they, guys. Yeah. Yeah, they're getting deep over there. Yeah, man. On all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's quite the journey. Yeah, they they messaged me like a year ago before they exploded. You know, yeah. they're like, 
They're like, brother, we got to do something soon. I was like, yeah, man, I'm all about it. And then yeah, now I'm messaging them, hey, we need to do something. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> Don't forget Dude, they, I know, right? Yeah. Well, I think what it is is just they've gotten so busy. It's oh, yeah. like you start losing time of the day. Yeah. And so, like, you know, I'll, I'll call him up every once in a while and we'll chat. But, you know, it's just it's tough. He's busy. You know, I'm busy. And he's more busy than I am because he's doing a podcast and all that stuff. That's that's a lot harder to do than what I do, because I can I can sit behind my computer. I can do the research. I mean, it, don't get me wrong. It, it, it is taking some time to create, you know, have it to where I have to edit these because you can't read them all the time. So each each newspaper article I edit to where it's like you have to highlight it or, you know, darken it and sharpen it. Um, so and I try to make it fun some for the for the viewers. So it's just not always just a piece of paper you're looking at. Maybe throw a, an ancient skull kind of on it that kind of maybe came from the area um, just for reference of what they what they look like. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you- you have a very good approach to it. You know, it, it's like you say, it's not like looking at a paper, which for me, I'm in my forties. I have no problem to sit in there reading a paper, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? But, <laughs> but it does have that social media appeal. You know, you've, right. you've captured that. So people are learning and they're digging in and they don't even realize, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. It's great what you're doing. Um, I want it to look more like textbook looking stuff, even though what you're looking at is newspaper clipping. It looks cool. Right. And you know, and I'm kind of working on a book right now to where I can put some of this stuff in a book to where you could visualize it like kind of like the kind of like the site. So, nice. Nice. yeah, uh, that's a work in progress, though. How how close are we to this book, man? I didn't know that. Oh, I may be about halfway, maybe a little over. I don't okay. know. I started back in 2020, so it's just been plugging along. But you know what it is. Yeah. Day to day, you got you've got other things you've got to do and course i'm still doing my research um that's the fun part yeah <laughs> so yeah yeah i, I have a book a russian I, I got a book on my desktop that's been sitting there for about two and a half years too and it's yeah i i was i had a different job than what i do now so i was outside and i was all about mm-hmm. bushcraft and survival you know wilderness yeah. training and i worked in the net in a state park yeah so i i had nothing but time you know and i was out there and so I I started writing this book about a, a survival guide, you know. Yeah. And I got it to where I was almost done and then just backburnered it and it sat there. Yeah. Hey, it's still there though. Yeah, yeah. One of yeah. these days, maybe I can yeah, do it. Again. You've already done the footwork. Oh yeah. So. Yeah. Most of it's done. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, I love I love it. Giants. Before yeah. we started recording, you said that um you had an account that you might have readily available about giants in West Virginia. Is that? Yes, I do. I have two of them in front of me. Awesome. And I can go over those real quick. Yeah. yeah um, I, I mean, if you have some place else you want to start at, that's totally oh, no. fine. No, let's do that. Let's do it. Yeah, man. Um, kind of whet the appetite here. Uh, this is from 1908, the Chicago Livestock World. Um, West Virginia, uh, Huntington, West Virginia, the municipal authorities of Central City, four miles west of here, three weeks ago, ordered the removal of a prehistoric mound from 13th Street. At a distance of 12 feet above the base of the mound, 
a gigantic human skeleton was discovered. The skeleton measured about seven feet in length and was of massive proportions. It was surrounded by a mass of rude trinkets. Eight copper bracelets were discovered. These, when burnished, show the purest of beaten copper. There also are rude stone vessels, hatchets, and arrowheads. A curiosity inscribed totem was found at the head of the skeleton. The Smithsonian Institution will be notified of the discovery. Of course. Yep. Oh, wow. That, that's in Huntington, West Virginia. Yes. Okay, that's Cabell County. That is about 60 miles, I'd say, from where I live at. Okay. That's, that's pretty close to home. It really um, is. In fact, I am less than two miles from a mound that I didn't know existed until this year. There's really? a house. There's a house built on top of it. <laughs> oh, my. Um, well, you know I, what? I, when they did that, it might have helped preserve the mound. Because in, in this case, they were destroying the mound. They right. were removing it. Yeah. Which yeah I they don't wiped understand out, that. They wiped out a lot of mounds. And I don't know. Is Do you speculate that there is a giant in each one of these mounds? Or is it like just well, any kind of cheap? See, what, what was this? It was 12 feet down. Okay, yeah. so I... You know, I've done research on mounds, and when Squire and Davis from the Smithsonian were coming through in the early days, they would dig into these mounds, and they would say a lot of times towards the top, it could be an old, a prehistoric one, or it could be a Native American. You know, so like the Native Americans kind of moved through into the area, and they would see it as a burial, and they would sometimes bury their dead on top of it. But wow. down, down towards the bottom, you have the big guys. And I don't know if it said in here. I thought he was around seven feet. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, so he's not massive, right? He's pretty big. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but I mean, I've got accounts where they're, you know, 10, 12 feet tall, oh, wow. but he's still big, but a massive proportion. So not only is he seven feet, his bone structure is dense. And a lot of times their jaws will slide over our faces of today. Wow. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, to answer your question, a lot of times there are giants in these burial mounds because okay. they were the mound builders. Yes, um, yeah. And that mound building, that mound building culture spread around the world. And from my research, they kind of spread around the world, starting like right south of the Caucasus Mountains, which is the Assyrian Empire. Yeah. And so from there, they spread west, and some of them went east along the Silk Road towards Japan, China. Um, a lot of them ended down up in uh, India, but many of them went to the West. As, as you can tell, they left a trail of uh, burial mounds, uh, temple mounds, right. uh, like I think it's uh, Silbury, Silbury Hill uh, or Salbury Hill. I think I pronounced it wrong, but in um, England, it's a massive mound. And from my understanding, it's not a burial mound. It's a huge temple mound, worship mound. Wow. Um, but yeah, they did that. They erected these standing stones, megalithic stones, um, burial mounds, cairns, um, for different reasons. Um, some are unknown, but they left a trailway as they went. Um, but And they also ended up in the United States. Um, you can see the same type of, we could call it technology or traditions, um, in the United States, as you see in the British Isles. So like Stonehenge, for example, 
people think of it as just the stones, which those are there, but the hinge actually refers to the ditch around the stones. Okay. So the hinge is the, the earthen ditch. Um, and those are very common. And when I was investigating the mound in, it was called Saul's mound in Tennessee. It's, I believe that mound is, it's a temple mound. It's flat on top and it's a worship mound. And it's around 70, 74 feet above the surrounding area. But I noticed as I was walking around it, there were, there was a ditch. It was, it wasn't there. Like it wasn't super tall anymore, but there was a hinge around it. And and I was looking around for literature on it and there was nothing, there were no plaques about it. They didn't even know, but of course they didn't know to connect them with the same peoples that were moving through France, through the British Isles into the United States yeah. with the same customs. Now, when they can go from the British Isles to the United States, let me ask a crazy question. Um, were these people seafaring or are we talking so old that we're looking at um, possibly like the continent still touching like a Pangea situation and yeah. uh, Scotland is part of the Appalachian chain? You know, yeah, that's a great question. Honestly, I don't know the answer to that. I, my assumption is they were the seafaring ones because okay. of because of the date, um, it, spreading from the Assyrian Empire when it when the Assyrian Empire fell around in the six hundreds BC. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. So, like, I know in the Bible it says in the days of Peleg that Earth was divided which seems to refer to that the Pangea or whatever, you know, when God moved the plates. Right. I would assume that's before. Um, now, while we're talking about this, that's not to say that some of these giants were from other times, like even more prehistoric times than what I'm referring to. Like a lot of these burial mounds, this is a, this is a group of people uh, of common ancestry and common um, customs and they just spread out they didn't all go the same direction so you could you see people today that are living in easter island and they and they look very irish and right. they say well, we're not from our well they said they they were from um they said they came from like peru which mm. that's what the traditions state too like they came and so are they descendants of some of these ancient mound builders Possibly so. It's strange. And then you have, you know, Celtic mummies that are buried in um, the deserts of China. And they're, they've unearthed these mummies and they look very Caucasian, but they didn't come from Scotland. And so that, that does support the theory that they did come from this one central location and spread to the east and northwest and with the similar customs. Okay. So, but there are older ones that seem to be around here too. Like, for instance, there's one in Tennessee. They 19 feet down, they were digging a like a well, and they found this guy, and he was really tall. He was around. No, I want to say it was deeper than 19 feet. Um, he was 19 feet tall, is what it was. Wow! But they were digging a well, and he was encased in this strata that it seemed to be like he might have been buried alive. It wasn't a burial mound. So you have both here. You definitely have both here. And that was like, in Tennessee? That yeah, that was in that was pretty close to Nashville. 
Franklin, Tennessee is where that one was. Oh, wow. I don't have that one in front of me. I'm just going off my memory. Yeah. Man. So, okay. I, I, I'm, I don't want to get in the habit of pushing things to fit my perspective. Oh, no, but, go for it. <laughs> but uh, if they're in this centralized location, sharing customs and traditions, and then for some reason they scatter, that sounds kind of like uh, Babel, right? Right. Yeah. Um, so are do you think that the ancient origins of these giants, um, for you and from your research even, are these looking at, are we looking at like uh, descendants of the Nephilim? Are we looking at those kind of like a biblical giant, like the Canaanites and the Moabites? Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, I think they were because what happened with the Assyrians, they would come down into the biblical land, which they were just north of it. I right. mean, they, you could really consider them part of it, but they were north. So you would have they, – they encompass parts of Iran now, parts of Georgia, Armenia, but just right there at the base of the Caucasus Mountains. They would come down, and they would just take over all these areas and subdue the people and remove the people and put them in their land. And they would mix it all up like that. Um, and so that's what that's where these people came from. Wow. And so, I mean, there's even a the biblical text, and I think it's the book of Nahum. It that's what the whole book is about. Um, it refers to the fall of Nineveh, which Nineveh was the capital of Assyria. Now, when you think of Nineveh, everybody thinks of the story of Jonah. But right. That's not, that's not what this is talking about. This is talking about the fall of Nineveh, and it and it refers. You can just read it. It says you have you have masked up your um, peoples like they would take them and they would make them into merchants and they would they would make these people be their fighters and do all the work for them. Right. But what happened is all those peoples became so great and so strong that eventually they turned inwards and it created like a civil war type situation and Nineveh fell. They, they stripped them clean, it says, and then they flew away like locusts, the Bible says. Mm. So, yeah, but see, here's the thing. You know, your modern academics aren't going to go make that connection because right. they're not looking at the God, at God's word at all. Right. And they, they could really care less. Yeah. So... But anyway, that's kind that, of that, that's why they don't get anywhere. Uh, that's why that's, that's, why they that's can't, true. You know, that's that's true. Yeah, they need to turn to that. They need to turn to the Lord and you know and have an open mind. Absolutely, it's like uh, and this is totally off the topic, but it's a it's an example of academia just missing the mark just a little bit. Um, I was talking about doing church lessons, you know, uh, teaching in church. I'm doing one this week tomorrow. Actually, it's on love. You yeah. know, so I'm, I'm getting in there and the Bible tells you what love is, you know, and they tells you four different types of love and all this stuff. I go to, you know, like dictionary.com or whatever in my phone and I type in what's the definition of love. And it tells me this really generic, you know, two or three words. So I have to go, okay, what is the definition of fondness? You know, and it's like a liking. Okay. What's the definition yeah. of a liking? And it's like a fondness and it goes back, you know, it's just like circular. <laughs> It, yeah. You can't tell you how right. you know, right. how you're moved by it, and it's the same thing with these giants. They're like that's uh, true anomaly. Yeah, yeah. And here's the thing: they don't even like, like academia. Doesn't even like to 
admit that they were a group of peoples right at all so yeah so from there they spread and you know obviously you could focus on the ones that spread to the east i mean i found accounts of them in japan and you know they're buried in burial mounds um and so but you know obviously a lot of them went west probably more went westward um celtic writers and you know poets they refer to that they refer to them being strong and mighty so mm -hmm. you could say they're they're their leaders were strong, mighty giants. And so here's the deal. They weren't all giants. So what I've come to in my conclusions is that the leading body of these peoples were giants. Okay. Um, because sometimes in burial mounds, you have, like in Ireland, I have one. Um, let me pull it up. Yeah. Ireland, you've got a man who stood, stood 10 feet tall. Um, this is from 1914, the world's news. Laborers digging a foundation for cottages in County Louth unearthed three skeletons, apparently of prehistoric people. One of whom must have stood about 10 feet tall. The skull of the skeleton was entire and measured 18 inches from the crown to its chin. And the leg bones and teeth were abnormally large. The, the skeletons were in separate graves. But they were all buried, you know, nearby, all prehistoric, but only one of them was a giant. Yeah. And so that seems to fit other accounts. It's like they weren't all tall, but there seemed to be a leading class. Like even in America, you've had just common graves. Like they would uncover like a, a cemetery people. But so they weren't all being buried in the mounds. It's almost like the elite were being buried in the burial mounds. Yeah. Most of the time. Like so a couple leaders or something. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Yep. Chieftains and stuff. Whatnot. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Well, um, I know I asked you to tell me some of your favorites, but I'm I'm before you get into that, I'm really interested in that other one from West Virginia you have there. Oh, I'm like, yeah. I'm I'm yeah, so in love that. with my state. You know, we're as bad as Texas yeah. when it comes to that. You know what I mean? Like, uh, well, well, hey, I mean, when you think of this stuff and you think of the real history, the real ancient history, yeah, and maybe not so far ancient, um, but you kind of want to know what was going on around your area. Absolutely. And so, I mean, I'm the same way with Texas because I'm yeah. I'm right here in Texas, and so I I have my eyes out when I go on hikes. Um, I've I've actually discovered a megalith, you know, that's not marked, you know, just in Texas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I had a buddy tell me of, of one that when he was a kid, he's older than quite a bit older than me, but he said he, he heard of a, of like a, a stone that had been like a balanced stone, like a boulder, huge boulder then balanced somewhere. And so you, yeah, you kind of think it's like, okay, there's some stuff going on here. Um, and so, yeah, let's read this one. Yeah. This is from 1891. Okay. Let me find it here. Now I have it. Um, I, so sometimes I have to do research on an article. So based off the newspaper, you can kind of tell kind of where it was. But if it states a location, you can you can kind of read where it was coming from. So I came to the conclusion this is from West Virginia. Um, it mentions an interesting find has been made on Joseph Jefferson's estate at Buzzards Bay. 
where the workmen dug up the skeleton of a prehistoric giant having only one eye set in the center of an enormous skull. Oh, wow. So I used to, I used to kind of doubt that one, but I was reading it today. And I was like, well, wait a second. An enormous skull with one eye socket. I mean, sometimes you'd wonder, like, was it, like, did the bridge break and right. it looked like one? But the way it's written, it, it sounds like it had one eye. So I don't know. I don't know what to think about that. But a it's cyclops. very strange. That's Cyclops. Awesome. Yeah. Yep. There you go. So that one's a pretty cool one. And that was in my list of, of interesting ones. So like when I think of some of the interesting finds, it's either ones that talk about the shapes of the skulls or like what was discovered, like copper articles found with them. Right. Um, interesting, interesting things. So if you want me to, I can read some more of those. Yeah, man, it's it's whatever you want to talk about. I'm I'm going to love every one of them. I every every account is going to be like, oh wow, for me. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, here's one that I like a lot. It's in it's from France in 1929 from the Daily News of Australia. Um. Okay, giant skeleton prehistoric men, giant skeletons found. This is a special to the Daily News, London, December 2nd. The correspondent of the Daily Mail at Grenoble, France, says that they, uh, men have unearthed 14 slate coffins dating back to prehistoric times in which skeletons of men of gigantic size were found. The skeletons were well-preserved. So that was the end of that. But, like... I studied ancient history for a long time before I got into this and, and especially like the pathways of the Celtic peoples. And it was real interesting. The megaliths always fascinated me. Um, and so to come across stories like this, I mean, I've seen pictures of megaliths in France that I don't know, maybe three or four stories tall. And you're like, well, how do they, how do they put these up? Um, right. That doesn't really answer the question of like, why did they put it up? But how did they do it? And then I was started coming across accounts like this, where you had these giants that were buried in France and these megalithic stone coffins. Right. 14 of them in this count. So wow. it just kind of, it connects the dots. It does. Of, you know, of history. Yeah. That's been left out. Like, I mean, if you let National Geographic go on this, they're gonna they're gonna show you normal sized people. They're gonna do some artwork, and they're gonna have this big dirt ramp, and they're gonna have maybe a a cart that wouldn't hold the stone, and right. then they're gonna pull it up somehow yeah. with like a thousand men. Yeah, I don't know if that's gonna work. I really don't. Right, a hemp rope so, and some pulleys, right? Yeah, how's that? I mean, because I move stones a lot. I like stones, and I build stone walls. I mean, in a three hundred pound stone is isn't really that big right. it's not no. these stones no. are dense so to see a, a stone that big it takes a lot of strength yeah man it does uh another case in point i have a giant stone head that my my grandfather found in cleveland ohio and, oh wow uh, it's it's downstairs in my office i can send you pictures of it later sure yeah um but yeah it's it's not that big you know it might be 18 inches tall maybe 20 inches tall about yeah. uh, 10, 12 inches wide, but it's got uh, kind of like Asian features, you know, the way that the eyes are shaped and everything, but it's, 
It's a carved stone head. And it's so heavy that yeah. I have a hard time bringing it upstairs to my my studio area. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I, yeah. I was going to set it up here and I'm like, you know, I'll get it later because so is, it's heavy. Yeah. So is it something that's like prehistoric? Like a we carving? Don't know. Uh, no, no, he found it. He found it. Um, when my mother was like two or three, it's like 1957, 58. Yeah. The story goes that he was pulling her in a little red wagon, you know, like perfect yeah. ideal 50s picture. Oh, and yeah. He just he discovered this stone head in this rubble or yeah. this pile of rocks or whatever off to the side. And he picked it up and put it in the wagon and had her walk <laughs> so they could bring it home. Yeah. And well, that's an awesome story. It's been in the family. Well, there were a ton of these giant mound builders in Ohio. Yeah. I mean, they were all over. And, you know, they had the ability to do that. They, I mean, they did all kinds of artwork. And right. so I wouldn't see why they wouldn't have done that. I you would know? love it if I had something that old. That would be fantastic. I mean, who knows? Yeah. yeah. I don't know how you could tell if there's like weathering and or whatnot on it. But yeah, it's hard to date that type of stuff. Well, I, I'm sure there are ways if you get some experts to would, look at it. It would it would take an expert because my grandmother, <laughs> she took it upon herself to paint it white, you know. Yeah. And, <laughs> and put some oh, red well, lips hey. on it at one point, you know, and most of that has rubbed yeah. off or, you know, weathered away because it, it was just right. kept outside for mm -hmm. decades. Yeah. And once I got it, you know, a few years ago, I I brought it in, you know. Yeah. Hey, we all do that sometimes. I mean, where I live, I found a, a law, uh, you know, a lot of years ago, I found a stone and it had some strange language, like writing looking stuff on it. I was like, well, what is that? I used it for a step for a long time outside <laughs> until I started studying the Celtic peoples and I realized they had Ogham. Oh, wow. Um, Ogham is like a, it's just straight lines. There's different, yeah. there are different types of Ogham. Um and and then I started doing more research, and well, come to find out, Ogham's been discovered in Oklahoma, um, Colorado, Here? West Virginia. Yes, yeah. it's been found all over the U.S. And yeah. so I was like, well, you know what? And I found multiple more stones that had that that same writing on it. I was like, okay, maybe I shouldn't have used it as a step for so many years. <laughs> so, and and who's to say? Maybe maybe different giants around North Texas might have been of some sort of Celtic. You know, and when I say that, Celts aren't giants. And so maybe they had some of the DNA because obviously you got giants and you have regular people. Right. Now, obviously giants could intermarry with regular people. And so that's where you get the, the mixed bloodlines. But so are they Celts? I don't necessarily. So sometimes I label, you know, 14 Celtic giants discovered. Well, I just call them that because they were they were in a Celtic lands, building Celtic structures. The Celts said they were with them. Mm -hmm. Obviously, they're not the same identical DNA because you've got a guy that's six foot and you got a guy that's, four, you know, 15, you know, 12 foot, 10 foot. So yeah. they're not the identical, but they're similar. They had some sort of similar tie. So, yeah, maybe the maybe some around North Texas had that. Very well know, could a, have been. They had that language or whatever. So, yeah. Now, do you so, think yeah, that these these Celtic giants or these Celtic region giants, would they be related? And I, I'm sorry if I'm jumping all over the place here, but would, would those be related to the red haired giants of Lovelock cave? Uh, it's possible. I would say it's very possible. Am I, am I just stereotyping with the red hair no, part? 
Not necessarily. So like I touched on it a little bit, like some, you know, years ago when I was studying this, you know, I came across a, a video of somebody interviewing people from, and they were, they were living, like I said, in Easter Island, but they right. looked like they, they had red hair and freckles. And so, like, but they said they weren't even from Ireland. It's like, well, how are they looking the same as like the people from Scandinavia and, you know, Ireland and, and Scotland. Right. And so does, you know, that goes back to they all kind of disperse from a, a central location in, you know, towards the Middle East area. Yeah. And they went different ways. So are the Lovelock cave giants with the red hair, are they from Ireland? There's a there's a good chance they're not at all, but from right. a similar uh, group of peoples that just went different directions. So you have people from Ireland Day. They may have some of the bloodlines that came from that same location, but they just landed there instead of landing in the U.S. Or, you know, I think there's been red-haired, I know there's been red-haired ones in different parts of like, um, like where the Anasazi Indians were living, the the cliff dwellers, yeah. um, which isn't too far from Lovelock Cave. Um, I believe in Kentucky too. They found mm -hmm. like a, a mummy in a cave at one time and it had like a, a blondish reddish tint to the hair. Wow. Um, so no, that's a great question. If you're like me and you like to go camping, hiking, hunting, um, just be prepared in general, then uh, I recommend you check out Squatch Survival Gear. Their packs are 100% made in America. Each component on the packs are American made. It's a veteran owned company out of Texas. Um, it's my buddy Chris. He started this out of personal experience. Um, in his military service, he, he fashioned these packs you know, off of packs that he used that he had to modify to make them something that uh, is more, more convenient, easier to carry, less of a load on your body, and the, let the pack do the work. They're amazing. I own two. I have the uh, the Rock Ape and the Mothman pack. I love them. They're the best bags I've ever had in my life. These bags are bomb-proof. I, I, I've never seen anything like it. Plus, they're comfortable. When I have them on, I can carry around. I can hike with 25, 30 pounds, and it, it doesn't strain my body. The pack does the work. Um, you have to see them for yourself. So go to SquatchSurvivalGear.com to check them out. If you decide to, to purchase one of these bags, use my promo code. It's 23BUMP this year. Okay? It's 23BUMP. Use that promo code, and it'll save you 15% site-wide. These, these are packs of all sizes. You know, if you want something, you know, small, everyday carry, or if you want some kind of a uh, go bag, like a, I'm not coming home bag, he's got them. Check them out, SquatchSurvivalGear.com, promo code 23BUMP. Because you're trying to figure out who these people are. Right. Um, now... They did intermix with other peoples of, of the land too, which would change their looks and right. some of their genetics, which is the case down in Peru. Like they did some DNA testing on the, the elongated skulls and you had some, had some had like European, some had a European and mixed with the native culture there. Some of them 
came originated from like the Black Sea area, which is right there where we're talking about, um, right there, the Caucasus Mountains. Mm-hmm. And there have been um, burial mounds, well, elongated skulls discovered in mounds in that region. And in that region, they call them Krugans, which are the same thing, the burial mound where they mm-hmm. buried their kings and queens. So, yeah, it's just fascinating to just to try to connect the dots and follow the trails of these peoples where they went. Yeah. When you get into the, uh, the Paracas, you know, the, the, those elongated skulls, that's some, that's something wild, man, because it's not like they're con they're condensing and stretching the skull. You're right. They have more, uh, well, the cranial, mm-hmm. uh, they got more capacity, like right? Yeah, they yeah. got more mass in there. They got more room for a bigger brain kind of thing in there, right? So it's not like yeah. they're condensing and stretching. It's just bigger, and the and the orbital sockets are bigger. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that kind of that that kind of you can tell that that is not cradle headboarding. It's that's that's genetics. Yes. And and yeah. that's my personal belief where cradle boarding comes from is people who want to emulate that those people um whatever they they liked them maybe they were doing some cool stuff people looked up to them and so they wanted to be like it yeah they're Um, revered right right there you go for a reason right uh so okay i i I know i asked you get you know some stories together but i I gotta ask about these baracus skulls yeah yeah uh what where do you think their origin is because it if you look at the history channel it's going to go ancient alien kind of suspicion. yeah Um, no okay i think their origin is like like the dna pointed back towards the black sea area okay um which would is right north of uh assyria and right north of the biblical land right um so i think it's just nephilim I think it's a Nephilim trait, a, a Nephilim DNA trait, whether yeah. or not they were really tall. And I don't know if all of them were very tall down there. I haven't heard. Oh, well, I've come across accounts of giants in Peru. Now, were the ones with those elongated skulls actual giants or had it been like, I don't know what word to use, muddied down enough to where they weren't massively tall, but still had the traits. Right. right. You can, I mean, you're not going to get rid of all the traits. No. You know, it's just there's always going to be some there. Um, so, they, yeah, that's my take on it, that they are the angelic, you know, Nephilim, Nephilim DNA traits. Right. Why hasn't that been buried yet by the Smithsonian Institute? Is it just that is the cat's out of the bag on that one or maybe or maybe because it's down there? I don't know. Good point. I don't know. I mean. It seemed like way back in the day when I was looking into it, I had come across an article somewhere, or maybe it's somebody's comment. You know, you get on these these threads, and you're just you're digging, you're digging. Um, somebody mentioned that there was a museum where they had a couple eight foot giants down there, not far. You had the Paracas, and you had, there's some other areas down there that had these strange skulls, and it was in one of those areas. Nazca, the Nazca, Nazca people. Okay, so they're similar to the Paracas people. 
in in appearance. If I'm if I remember correctly, they had similar, and then some of them even had reddish hair on some of those mummies. Um, so yeah, so why did those? If they really were on display, why did they go away? Right. Um, it may be just like it's becoming more popular, being talked about in the U.S. Maybe. And there might have been some pressure put on them because there's a lot of people from the U.S. down there studying this stuff because they can't hear. Yeah, um, good point. So I don't know. That may be that may be a reason why yeah. some of it's not talked about, but yeah. and why some of them some of it can be talked about because it's down there. So yeah, that's fascinating. That's always fascinated me. Yeah, me too. Uh, I I feel like. Uh, if I talk about it to most people, you know, not on the show, like if I turn to my right. family yeah. <laughs> and talk about the Paracas skulls and, you know, the possibilities of it being something other than human or pure human. Yeah. The conversation is going to end with my statement. You know, it's not, yeah. it's not going to go anywhere. So <laughs> I just appreciate the opportunity to, to talk about yeah. it at all with you. Yeah. Um, While we're talking about it, I, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I think as Marzulli talked about the possibility that they might have been nocturnal because of the size of their eye sockets, which I thought was fascinating. I'd never heard that before. That, that makes sense too. You know, maybe maybe they had lived underground, yeah. or and they, you know, maybe because they were different. Right. So, and there's always these legends or or these wonderings if uh, did do giants live under the ground? Did they live under the ground? Or so, I mean, if they were nocturnal or had that ability, maybe they did some just to stay, you know, from being wiped out or exterminated by other peoples. Yeah. That, Who knows? Yeah, that could work. You know, uh, there's there's all kind of talk about giants that live in the, you know, the cave systems, like the mammoth cave system in, under Kentucky and stuff, because that that goes yeah. out. I think it touches under a couple of other states even. Oh, wow um it yeah it's huge out there goodness all right sorry for the tangent and for for dragging you no. from one spot to the next man no but, uh, i enjoy it that's i mean it seems like we're able to touch on something every place we go so that's yeah. good yeah 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 I, I, I just love picking your brain um okay what are some of your top accounts some of the things that stood out to you over the years of research yeah. that you don't okay. if you don't mind yeah sure um, um let me read this one this one is that's from france too okay. now this one is really fascinating i mean i loved reading this one because it was so cool this is stone age um this is from 1927 the report evening star which evening star was a from what i can understand was a newspaper in washington dc doesn't exist anymore as far mm -hmm. as i'm aware 15 giants were found and it's kind of a long article, so I won't read through all of it. But oh, basically, uh, well, there were some mines. So let's let's read about these mines. It, it is known that many of the mines in the Stone Age now worked were worked by the Romans, and that the Romans miners did nothing but continue the work begun by the Gauls. And so, to just to let the audience know, the Gauls were what we call the Celts. So. There were different tribes of Celts. So you had the Gauls in France, you had the Gaels in Ireland, the Gallic in Scotland, you had Galatia, which is Turkey, modern day. Those are the Galatians. And then you had the Helvetii. You had all these different tribal names. 
So Gauls were just a huge group of them in modern day France. Wow. Okay. So, and that's where tons of megaliths are. Um, but one reason that the Romans did take over the land is because all these Gauls and Celts had tons of um, mines where they were extracting different ores. They were extracting gold, and Julius Caesar wanted it. Of course, he wrote the history, so you don't learn about this stuff because he actually <laughs> right. conquered them. He tricked them and conquered them because he was organized, and they were a bunch of tribes. Yeah. So that's how that went. Um, it wasn't a fun story, but... So anyway, these Gauls were making, they made these um, deep, and, and the way they did these mines, uh, they made shafts instead of like diagonal. They would go straight down. So, in, let's see, let me cut to the chase here. Um, okay, and arra the arrangement of these primitive shafts may be planned to make it easy for overseers of the mines to watch as slaves they're assuming slaves mm -hmm. um as they worked and also to prevent the entrance of wild beasts so they're just they're just trying they're surmising like why yeah. did they go straight down we don't know that um but they did that um that the mines were worked in prehistoric times was demonstrated by the discovery discovery of 15 skeletons of men who presumably were killed in a cave-in so here you have it. So you picture this this mine going straight down, and it had caved in, and so you had all these stones, and it buried them alive. So there's wow. fifteen of them, fifteen of them down there. Um, in their hands were very heavy tools, hatchets made of stone, and picks carved from the bones of animals. The skeletons were of great height, and of powerful structure. The thumbs of the enormous hands were twice the length of the thumb of the modern workman. But though so tall, the men were of excessively narrow build, as was shown by the width of the places where they worked. Hmm. So you had 15 men that were like giants. I mean, a thumb, the double the size of my thumb, so I don't, that's going to be like, I don't know, close to six inches long. Yeah. That's pretty big. That's enormous. And, and their bone structure was was massive. Yeah. So there were there were giants down in these shafts, and they were extracting the metal with with stone, big stone um, hammers and hatchets and bone tools. Just I imagine they were just smacking it with the stone tool uh, hammers and you know, picking at it with the bones. Right. Um, so that one was a really cool account. That, that is that is a cool because they found fifteen. Fifteen of them down there. Yeah. Wow. All of massive proportions. Obviously, probably not all of the exact height, but they're all huge. Right. Um, so that one's cool because you had you had a lot of details. You had their stone tools, um, how big their hands were, how yeah. they were working, what they were doing, um, where they lived. They lived in the same area where all these megalithic structures are that are massive, weigh tons. Um, so that's one of my favorite ones. That's a good one. It's like uh, a let's see. Mining accident. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Um, here's another one of my top ones. This one's in Louisiana, which I like this one because it's the state right next to me. Yeah, it's close to home. So it's close to home. <laughs> uh, and th this one's interesting. Uh, 1912, um, fine giant skeletons. In life, they average 12 feet in height. 
which is pretty big. I yeah. mean, when you find a lot of these reports, they're seven foot, eight foot, nine foot sometimes. These are all around 12 feet tall. Mm. Okay, Louisiana. Skeletons of a race of giants who averaged 12 feet in height were found by workmen engaged on a drainage project at Crowville near here. There are several score, at least, of the skeletons, and they lie in various positions. It is believed that they were killed in a prehistoric fight and that the bodies lay where they fell until covered by alluvial deposits due to the flooding of the Mississippi River. No weapons of any sort were found, and it's believed that the Titans must have uh, struggled with wooden clubs. The skulls are in perfect state of preservation, and were and some of the jawbones are large enough to fit around a baby's body. Wow! Good grief. So you had several scores, it says, and they yeah. all were right around give or take twelve feet Wait. tall. So that's a whole that tribe. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and they weren't buried. They were they were like almost buried by flooding of the Mississippi River, which is fascinating. So you know they lived up and down the riverways. They right. used those to navigate. Um, they must uh, maybe they fought with other giants. Um, not sure. I mean, there are Indian lore and legends of different tribes of giants fighting each other. Um, and that's old fight. French country too. So they, <laughs> there's your... yeah. You're right. Yeah, so much uh, history. Yeah, man. It's like everything ties together. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Got some cliff dwellers. Cliff yeah. dweller giants. Okay, so this is New Mexico, 1912. Um, party discovered over 100 graves with skeletons of human beings in them. That's the title. Um, special correspondence to the Morning Journal, Deming, New Mexico, May 29th. County Surveyor Edward Carter and his Corps of Assistants, while at their work on the Membres River, about 40 miles from Deming, a few days ago, found what is undoubtedly an old Indian burial ground. The party found a group or more of more than 100 graves. Hmm. They dug up several graves, and in each one of them was found a skeleton of a human being. The graves were open, were found to be uh, lined with large cobblestones. Sorry, it's kind of, it's hard to read these uh, mm. articles. So it's like some of these words, like when they're typed, they kind of, they bled <laughs> a yeah. little bit, and, and they're a little blurry. So the bottom of the graves averaged about three feet from the surface of the earth. The bones found were in a position that led the men to believe the Indians must have been about eight feet in height. They were in a sitting posture and had a fire clay bowl over their heads. Both the bowls and bones crumbled to dust shortly after they were exposed to the air. Hmm. The skulls and jawbones are more than the average size, and the teeth were nearly as large as the teeth of a horse. So they found beads and other things with them. Um, so yeah, so horse's teeth, basically, and huge yeah. jaws. Um, they they assumed they were about eight feet tall because once they made contact with the air, the air they just kind of crumbled. 
so they couldn't put a tape measure on them, but just by the proportions of the probably the knees and the legs and the size of these individuals. Yeah. So massive. they opened a few of them, but they they said there was about a hundred graves there. So did they go back? Did they keep digging? I mean, who right. knows? We just get to see a little window of it right here, which is pretty fascinating. That is. That is. These are fantastic accounts, man. Yeah, it, you know it. And, you know, you touched on them in Kentucky, Tennessee, uh, New Mexico, Louisiana. Yeah. It, they're everywhere. Yeah. They, they, they cover really the whole, are. Yeah, they cover the whole U.S. I've heard of uh, megalithic structures in Montana. Oh, People yeah. People talk about uh, these giant wall structures and stuff about in the mountains of Montana. I really want to go there. Yeah. And, and check that out. I, I've heard that it's getting, you know, once it's got some publicity, there, there's a little bit of pushback. Really? On that. Yeah. Like, oh, wow. the lady who's who really kind of, you know, fronts that and does the research and brought it to to light. I think her name is Julie Ryder. Um, I was looking into it, you know, a few months ago, and she was writing about like they're threatening to close that part of the mountains, and what? they may do A, B, and C up there. And she's thinking, well, they're just doing it so she doesn't go up there and and document it anymore. So wow. when they start doing that, then she's on to something. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But and they're I'm, fascinating. I've seen. I'm sure you've seen pictures of them. Well, I've only heard of them from yeah. uh, a guy that I've I've talked to through the show. You know, pretty much since the start of the show, he like, he he invited me. He said, you should come up to Montana. I can take you to these to, to some of these places. Oh, oh yeah. And I had never even heard of Julie Ryder. I'll, I'm gonna have to look mm -hmm. her up. Yeah, look her up. Yeah, you'll see her her pictures. She'll be, you know, she'll be taking pictures in front of them. And so you can kind of see the size of it. Man, some of them, I think it's called the Tizer Dolman. It's unbelievable tall. Really? I don't understand. And, and it didn't get there by itself. Right. I mean, stones don't end up being two tall pillar stones with a capstone on top of it. <laughs> and we're talking super tall. Yeah. I don't want to quote any any sizes, but... I don't know. I'm not going to say any sizes because I may I may botch it, but it, it's massive, really yeah. really tall. I'll definitely so, yeah. check that out. Yeah. So yeah, and, they were all up in there. And to talk about pushback, I got a fun little anecdotal story. Um, if you have a minute. Yeah, sure. Um, I don't know if you've heard the podcast. It's called Sword and Staff Podcast. Yeah, um, I've heard of it. Yeah. I've worked with those guys quite a bit. You know, back and forth, and we're working on a series it might have to take a break they got a lot of stuff going on in their their life yeah but um we're working on a series called shadow appalachia yeah and the first cool. thing we did was we went to this well we went looking for and discovered it a serpent mound on oh. on the ridge of this mountain here locally like in our county because yeah the, the guys from sword and staff they live like five minutes away from me we didn't know it till like a year ago oh but, wow uh, so we go out there we find this the serpent mound there is a newspaper article about it in like the, the i think the 70s okay it was never mentioned again yeah um, it was in an old book from like the 50s or 60s talking about uh a tour being available if someone wanted to go they, they would take them um no markers no plaques 
uh, as far as I know, no road to it. Like we took an old uh, coal mine uh, belt road, you know. Yeah. Went up there because and we, you had to we... get back in the woods. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. way back. <laughs> but we found this place. Well, mm. Josh from Sword and Staff, he was a member of the West Virginia uh, Geological Society or something like that. So he gets on their Facebook page and throws a couple of the pictures up. You know, look what we just, you know, look what we found. You know, this hasn't been talked about in 50 years. We found yeah. it. They took his pictures down, um, sent him a, a pretty strongly worded letter about, you know, you need to just let this go and not, don't push this. Mm -hmm. And then kicked him out of the, <laughs> out of the group. And he was like a paid member, you know, in, in the state <laughs> group, you know. Um, just gave You're him the boot. Golly, well, that's sad. Yeah, I so mean, they should be excited. Yeah, yeah, you would think. Yeah, uh, we were pumped, you know, but we got it all yeah. on, on video and stuff. Like we, yeah, we're uh, we're going to share that hopefully this fall. Well, how many how many places like that are there? There's got to be so many. Oh yeah, I mean, because it doesn't take long for for the earth to you know trees and stuff yeah. to overgrow. Yep. all that stuff, all those places. Yep. So there's got to be, you know, tons of those places across the U.S. Oh, there, there has to be. And what's crazy, that you, it's, it's cool that you mentioned that. Uh, I was talking about this to one of my good friends, and he is into metal detecting, like, big time. Oh, wow, yeah. And so he started sending me pictures. He said, "What is this the place you found? Because me and, me and my friend found this also, but we just never told anybody. Totally different location, totally different mound, but oh wow, yeah. And this one actually had like the head was carved into like you could see the eyes and the mouth of this structure. Oh, okay. So you got to tell me about this. Is it what's it made out of? Is it earth and stone? Yes, or both. Yeah, it's, it's both? It, it seems to be mainly stone, and I think it's yeah. limestone. Okay. Um, I can send you pictures. That's like, awesome. It so is. He awesome. found. He discovered another one. Yeah, and it's the same area. Like, yeah. it may be on, like, a neighboring ridge. It might be on yeah. the same mountain. I'm yeah. not sure. Um, well, so, obviously, this, they this lived right recent. around there. Yeah, yeah. So, man, we're, we're pumped it about it. There, man. We're, we're trying to get back out there and check it out. It's just uh, some people don't like to talk about where exactly things are. Oh, and, yeah. Well, yeah, you shouldn't, really. I yeah. mean, because, it, it, well, I don't know. I don't know. And when I say you shouldn't, I'm not saying you shouldn't talk about it, you know. Right. So, like, unless you want someone to go destroy it, you know, start giving locations away and stuff like that. Then, you know, yeah. you can document and all that stuff and, and still have it protected and talked about. Um, exactly. Like, I don't, I don't, well, that megalith that I found, I don't tell, tell people where it is, you know, just because it's just a place I go visit on hikes and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. I mean, the I stone awesome. is tons. It weighs tons. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that is awesome. Yeah. I love, I mean, cause my sister, you know, lives in Virginia, so it's not too far from West Virginia and it's just right. beautiful out there. It probably looks about the same, the Appalachians sure. there. Yeah. 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 It's all the same. I'll, I will definitely send you some pictures. I'll, I'll send you a stack of pictures, man. These, these structures that we found in the stone head and yeah. get your take on all that. Oh yeah, sure. And you know, when it was in Moundsville, West Virginia, there was a really mad, there is a massive mound there. Oh yeah. And supposedly there were found giant skeletons in that mound. Yep. And not too far in the distant past, 
from what I understand, there used to be about an eight foot skeleton on display, you know, down in when they had like a little museum down in the bottom of it. Um, but it's not there anymore, obviously. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, we don't I have think, any skeletons. Yeah, no, ton, not anymore. Tons of mounds, man. Uh, downtown man. Charleston, like our state capital. Yeah. Downtown, there's a big mound. You know, that there's a big mound with plaques, and they just got like a little, you know, boardwalk going around it. And, you know, they yeah. just call the Adena people. And Yeah, there you go. And not well, a see, whole lot more detail. Yeah, no more details than that. But just like, I'm glad that they, they do preserve some of them. Yeah. Um, some of my favorite ones are in uh, Pinson, Tennessee. Um, just a, and I need to go back there again. There are a ton of mounds there, um, and it's right along a river. There's burial mounds. There's tons of temple mounds, different heights. Um, so like, and these these guys knew their stuff. Like as far as like when the solstice was going to be and where it was going to rise, the sun or where it was going to set. Um, they knew the the cardinal lines of north, south, east, west. They they aligned the corners of each of their mounds in such a way to where it was just perfect. Um, but that yeah, a lot of the mound complexes are like that. And if you looked into it, you probably discover the same thing with those serpent mounds. Yeah, uh, they they actually do kind of align with. I don't know if it's going to be like a solstice. Yeah, or or something like that. But they they do have like a uh, east west bearing kind of thing yeah. going on. Makes you want to go back in time and just hang out with some of those guys for, you know, a week. Yeah, as long as I'm just not on the see... sacrificial <laughs> altar or something. Well, yeah, you know what? Yeah, you've got a point there. Because <laughs> I did uncover, and I don't have that one in front of me, but I did uncover um, an article about a mound. It had a bunch of giants in it, but at the end of the mound was like a 12-foot-long stone altar, an oh, altar wow. stone. Yeah. And that was the first time I'd ever come across anything like that. Yeah. Um, I wish I could remember what state it was in, but yeah. it was in the U.S. But yeah, you're right. Good point. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe just a time machine and just kind of hover over it all, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It'd be oh, one of those. Uh, we'd love to have you for dinner kind of conversations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. <sighs> Well, Travis, yes. is there any, is there anything you wanted to hit on that I didn't give you a chance to say? Because I know I I talked all through this, man. I'm sorry. Uh, no, man, I enjoyed it. I have no. I mean, this has been good. Um, I could show. I wanted to show you a. Uh, so, like in this area where the megalith was found, um, yeah. as I'm walking around, I've noticed tons of like stone tools, um, just kind of laying around. So, and I found this one that looks a whole lot like an axe head and I can show it to you. It's about, it's got to be about 10 pounds. Oh my gosh. So it's obviously been shaped. Um, it's been, it's, it's polished here and it's notched here. The backside is a little more rough, but it's also been shaped and it's got all the pit holes in it where they've, they've worked it. Yes. And it's, it's 15 inches long and it's really heavy. Wow. And so that's, and I found a lot of these axe heads. Um, I found some that are nine inches, um, some that are 13 inches, um, and they all are very similar in, in design. And I did some research in, in, in this North Central Texas area. They've been discovered and they look a lot like this. Um, they don't look like the ones in the North where they were making them out of, um, they would make them out of granite stone. So the granite stone, and then they would get this perfect notch around it. 
So I've got some pushback when I post a picture of this. Oh, that's not an artifact. That's not a stone tool. Like, what do you know? Wait, really? So what, what these guys were doing is this, this stone is made out. It's like a limestone, similar yeah. to limestone. So you can't really go notch at it real hard because you might destroy it. Yeah. Um, you've got a granite stone. You can, you can notch the tar out of that thing oh, yeah. and it's going to be fine. Um, you know, sandstones are, you know, a little bit more uh, brittle, but this, this thing is heavy. I haven't weighed it, but I'm I'm guessing it's about ten pounds. That may be more. Wow. So that wow. just goes. Uh, you got a megalithic structure. You have massive stone axes. Yes. So who built these things, right? And wow. people will say, "Well, these stone these stone tools are ceremonial." Well, why why in the hundreds then? Why in the hundreds or or more? Yeah. Um, there's a museum in Missouri that's built by the guy who um, started Bass Pro. And in the basement, he has tons and tons of stone tools that he's collected. And there are massive, massive stone tools, 10 inch, nine inch, you know, really tall. You can't even wield that. That's way too heavy to wield. Oh, yeah. Could Um, you imagine trying to swing that? Oh, no. Turn your back out, man. (laughs) Yeah. And it took a lot of work to make the thing. A lot of these are like granite type stones. And so just think of how heavy that is. Right. So, yeah, that's a good place to go, um, and and check out check out some um, real stone artifacts, you know, from giants. What's that guy's last? His last name is Morris, right? I, you uh, know, I'm not real sure. It, I think that's one. right. Yeah, but he's got a a great museum there, right outside of Branson, Missouri. I'll check, check it out. It, check it out. I'll add more notes. I've been writing notes the whole time, man. So, yeah, there you go. I got tons, tons of notes to check out now. I appreciate yeah. you, Travis. Thank you so much for coming yeah. on the show, man. Yeah, it's a it's a pleasure. I always enjoy it. Yeah, man. Uh, hopefully, we can get you back on here soon. And uh, sure, just, I I would like to showcase anything you want. You know, like uh, it, you you got so much research and knowing that you're out there actually in the field doing field research too and finding these. These yeah. stone tools that blows my mind. I'm so like, well, I've got that. an eye. I've got an eye for it. I'm looking for it. Yeah, <laughs> you man. know, I'm I'm searching. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's fun. I enjoy it. That's a blessing. Well, yeah. thank you very much for coming on the show. Uh, I wish you the best of luck. Stay in touch. I'm going to send you a stack of pictures here in just a few minutes. Okay. Uh, awesome. Man, thanks so much. Yeah. Godspeed, and thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. God bless. Enjoyed it. All right. You too. Yeah. Bye. That's it for this week, guys. Thanks for listening. If you want more content, if you want to submit your own story to be on the show, if you want to listen to past episodes, or if you want to donate to the show, you can do all of that through thebumppodcast.com. So just go there. Uh, explore the website check it all out if you want to sign up to be a member it's super cheap it's just $1.75 a week you can cancel at any time get in on uh, all the the new latest and greatest stuff we have going on all right so again thanks for listening i love you god bless who is that yonder in the distance With his garment white and snow, with a 
voice that sounds like thunder walking on the street of gold. His appears, his like lightning setting high upon his throne. Has ten thousand times ten thousand say we finally made it home. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. city there's a river flowing from God's holy throne where the tree of life is blooming where the hat has not been full no more tears in that bright city Death will have to flee away. No more sickness, no more heartaches in that land a perfect day. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Seated with the saints of old With their troubles far behind them To never suffer anymore I'm going home in the morning To that streets of gold with Jesus in that city built for square. Glory, glory, hallelujah, praise the Lamb forevermore. Praise the holy name of Jesus, bless the Yes, bless the Lord, oh my soul. If you're personally ready to submit your life to God and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the book of Romans, chapter 10, verse 9, 
says it really simply, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's that simple. To be born again, to start a new life as a child of God, to join God's army, to rise up against the evil forces that you know are all around you. You don't have to do it alone. I love you. Jesus loves you. And may God bless you.
Better days, better days.